Hello everybody and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today we're going to talk about Through the Looking Glass with uh, Leah from My Book Chat. But before we get into that, just a couple of fun quick announcements. So I am going to be continuing on doing Stardew Valley um, every Wednesday, hopefully. And then I'm going to be going on a little vacation in August. So if you want to ever know my stream schedule, probably the best place to check is Twitter. Um, that's where I usually announce whenever I'm going live or just follow me over on Twitch. I might be trying out YouTube as well, hopefully in the future. Um, once I have access to a better computer, I kind of just want to explore that and see which avenue I like better and a lot of fun stuff. Also, uh, remember we have a merch store. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, go to barelybookish.com slash merch and you can check out our merch store. Also, Last thing, we do have Patreon, so if you want more exclusive content, we have monthly releases on Patreon.com. This upcoming month uh, of August, our Patreon exclusive is going to be a comparison of the Disney movie and the two Tim Burton movies for Alice in Wonderland, so if you haven't watched those, please do, and then the first Friday of August, uh, those will come out, well, that episode will come out, so if you want to check that out. Uh, Just follow over on Patreon and join the $10 tier. It helps support the podcast, and I would really appreciate it. Also, if you're trying to figure out a way to help support the podcast, please consider leaving a review. It helps a lot Um, over on Apple Podcasts or also sharing it with a friend. Please try and share it with a friend. I would really appreciate it. But that's all I really have for this intro. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll catch you all in the episode. We are doing Through the Looking Glass, and I am once again joined by Leah. Hey, everybody. And she is from the YA Book Chat. If I know some people might not listen to Alice in Wonderland and just might jump straight in here. So if you want to give another little synopsis so all the people know what your podcast is about, all that cool stuff, uh, please feel free to do so. Sure. Um, YA Book Chat is a podcast about... Um, young adult books. (laughs) I have uh, a different guest on pretty much every episode. And then my guests and I will talk about a different book each episode. And I do author interviews as well. I've had the absolute amazing privilege of interviewing Melissa De La Cruz and Marissa Meyer and Sarah Henning and some um, independent authors as well. So yeah, so it's a lot of fun. We have lots of fun chats, things go wrong you know, funny stuff happens and we enjoy the book. So it's great. Yeah. And I was just on an episode by this point. Okay. Recording wise in in our current timeline, not that long ago, but when this episode comes out, it was a while ago, but I did a song, um, a ballad of songbirds and snakes. That title is so long. I always mess it up, but that episode was a lot of fun. So if you want to go head over there, please check it out. But yeah, we're reading Through the Looking Glass today. So just a little note, if you haven't read this yet, you're going to want to pause here, read the book. It's a really quick read. Like you can probably finish it in an afternoon, realistically, um, and read it so you don't get any spoilers. But we're going to jump right into it. So, okay, I just need to let you guys know that I am reading The Queen's Gambit right now. So, you know, I'm surrounded by chess. So imagine my surprise when I open this book and I just see a chess diagram. I had a moment. I was like, is the universe telling me I need to pick up a hobby? Like, I feel like I can't escape chess at this point. It's, I'm telling you, I actually, um, I love that this is chess. I am actually really bad at playing chess. Um, I've had multiple people try to teach me multiple different times. We have a chess set at my house, but I can't play it with my husband. I bought it for him in Austria when I went on a trip to Austria, but I can't play it with him because I'm really bad at it. Um, But I do love that this book is set up with the chess game in mind and how it's played. And when, when we cover the movie, I'm excited to talk about it because the particular version of the movie, um, that we're going to watch for your Patreon is 
wait to, oh they have like the ground like the grass all checkered and set up like a checkerboard or chessboard excuse me and it's fantastic I love it it's a great visual yeah I can't wait to see it because I'm trying to like imagine it in my head when like when she talks about it and I'm like you're telling me is this the whole world is a checkerboard a chessboard <laughs> Or is it just like this little garden? So I can't wait to see the, how the movie portrays that because I was trying to imagine it in my head and was kind of like drawing blanks here. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's the whole the whole thing is a chessboard. The whole it's not just the garden. It's the whole area of Wonderland that she the looking glass part of Wonderland that she is in is a chessboard. Okay, so chapter one, Looking Glass House. So apparently there's some sort of time jump. We're not really sure how it is, but uh, Dinah, Dinah, yes, right? Dinah. Ha- yeah, has kittens now. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, like this is now, but because I thought when the first book came out that like Dinah was a kitten-ish, like yeah. a young cat. So I was like, oh, it's probably been like six years. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's, a weird thing that I learned about cats recently. Apparently they can get pregnant and have kittens at a really young age. Really? Yeah. Like when they're like one. I know. Exactly. Like you guys see the face that both of us just made. (laughs) You know, actually, wait, I did know that because I, our friends adopted a stray cat and the stray cat was like, honestly like probably like seven months old yeah. maybe and you know because it's a stray and wasn't fixed mm-hmm. and had kittens and then right after that before they could get her fixed and immediately had more kittens yeah so Dinah I mean I guess that's what happened with Dinah because she did say at one point she's seven and a half years old so she's yeah she's not she hasn't really it's not been much longer <laughs> Like Max, I'm thinking probably about a year, but like a six-year-old, this means a six-year-old was rowing a boat with her sister of an unknown age. This is very true. Well, at least her sister is older and maybe has, you know, some more responsibility. But I'm thinking like most of the time they had kids pretty close in age, right? So like her sister probably is Max 10. True. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. (laughs) So anyways, the white kitten is currently being bathed by Dinah and the black kitten is playing with a ball of yarn. They call it something else, but I had to Google make sure it was in fact yarn. Yeah. I mean, because it's the only thing that would make sense is for it to be yarn. Yeah. Because in the way it talks about how she um, rolls it out too. Mm Mm-hmm. So the kitten, you know, unspools the yarn and then Alice is just making no progress whatsoever because she keeps talking and playing with the kitten when she tries to re-spool it. And then, you know, the kitten knocks it down again. So then Alice starts reprimanding this poor sweet kitten for doing kitten things. And she's like, you meowed when your mother tried to clean you. I'm like, that's what kittens do. They meow a lot. (laughs) that's right and then this is the point where i was like okay she still sounds like a kid so she's got to still be a kid yeah so alice still likes to play pretend but her sister absolutely hates it um and then she also says that she wanted to pretend to eat her nanny yeah which was really weird yeah really weird i don't know if like Lewis Carroll just doesn't know that many kids or like what was going on here but like most kids don't when they play pretend make someone a food yeah that's very true I I don't know because the funny thing is is that it says the original story was inspired by a little girl who he met whose name was Alice and he wrote the story for her um but maybe, yeah, maybe he didn't have much else exposure. Maybe he did not have his own show. I don't know. I would yeah. have to do more research on Lewis Carroll. But um, yeah, maybe he just liked really absurd things too. Yeah, I don't know that much about him. So I was just like reading that. And I was like, all right. 
Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Things just don't seem to be going well with all that. And her sister's like trying to pretend to be grown for some reason. <laughs> um, and then at this point, I'm like, Alice kind of sounds like a little abusive to this poor, poor, helpless kitten because she's like holding it outside and she's like, I will drop you in the snow if you don't behave. Yeah. And I'm like, this kid, I'm just imagining this kitten just, you know, she's holding it by the scruff of its neck and this kitten's just got its little paws up like, I know. You know what though? A lot of, a lot of kids are actually like really rough with animals. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, it seems like mean, but a lot of kids really are mean with animals. I know. Well, it's like, that's why they say to always supervise your kid and the pet together, because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not that your pet is aggressive. It's that your kids don't know how to play with your pet yet. Like they're too little to understand. Like if you pull this dog's tail, it might bite you and you can have the nicest dog in the world, but everybody has their limits, like even Mm -hmm. pets or cats. Exactly. So I don't know. I was just, I was not sitting right with me. No, me either. Cause it wouldn't surprise me if Alice would just be like, oh, you need a timeout and puts this poor kitten that's like <laughs> six weeks old in the snow, not even on the first mm-hmm. floor. I'm pretty sure she was upstairs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that wouldn't be very nice. Poor kitty. Yeah, we don't want that kitty. to happen. So that, that was the thing that was happening. Um, and then at this point, Alice starts describing the mirror as an alternate dimension. Mm-hmm. And okay, I will say the writing on this book is a lot better for me. Yeah. Like, I think the first book was very thrown together. And this book felt like, oh, we have a storyline to go off of. Like, we know where we start, where we're going. And like, mm-hmm. it kind of has a flow. And- yes. This one really, it really does. Um have more of an ebb and flow to it because it's because Alice really has a goal Mm -hmm. once she gets into Wonderland, um, which will hit when we get there, she, she gets, gets a goal. And so she has a specific goal for this book, whereas she didn't for the other one. So um, it, yeah, it does have kind of a, it has a better, I should say stronger full storyline than the first one does. The first one just kind of like all nonsense stuff that kind of intertwines a little bit but you know maybe not really so this book felt like a fever dream like yes (laughs) or reading it I was like this is like good but I'm confused and I don't know what's happening this one I feel like you can actually logically take notes and they make sense yeah 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 exactly so you know Alice doing Alice things decides to jump through the mirror on that's not it's not on the floor like it's not a floor-length mirror she climbs onto the mantle over the fireplace and jumps through a mirror well you know I mean she's a curious child (laughs) what can you say I guess I'm just all I'm thinking of is that had this not been probably a dream she would have shattered this mirror when she jumped into it well, yeah, for real, but she, you know, her, I mean, her imagination, it was becoming pliable so she could just step right through it. So it makes sense to her. So I'm trying to figure out in the real world, is Alice sleeping one, mm-hmm. two, is she just sitting in a chair and hallucinating or <laughs> three, did she jump through it? break the mirror glass shatter and now she has a head injury and she's on the ground waiting for someone to find her um my guess would be number one or number two (laughs) i'm desperately hope it's not number three (laughs) i hope it's not number three either but like i'm a little nervous (laughs) i you know alice does not seem to have the level of self-reflection that most of us do when we look in a mirror we go oh yes that's us and then you kind of like look at yourself too long you start to disassociate like she didn't have that you know this is us she immediately looked in the mirror and goes well that's not me and it disassociated and i was like (laughs) okay like can we get some supervision here (laughs) right um mm -mm. i know she's her parents never seem to be around i know and like her sister's never here when these escapades happen. <laughs> no. Who the heck knows what her sister's doing right now? 
Yeah, apparently living in the real world at the ripe age of 10 years old and doing adult <laughs> things because, you know, she's logical and right all that stuff, things of <laughs> that nature. I don't know. What can you even do at 10? You can't vote, so. Yeah, there's not much. <laughs> um. So, yeah, she dumps through the mirror and then she realizing that this mirror has small differences so anything that wasn't mm-hmm. facing the mirror and you know like there was a clock that was you could only see the back of it from the way the mirror looked and then when she looks at it now through in the mirror alternate dimension um, it has like a random face on it and there's like a couple yeah. different differences and the whole thing she was really curious about was what the fire looked like and if they had a fire going right. because you know she it's over the fire so you can't see the fire in the mirror right and so you know what she could have done is just taken the mirror off the wall brought it to the fireplace (laughs) and was like hi i wonder what's in there let's look at it but no instead she jumps through the mirror and she's like let me look at this fireplace so in the fireplace in the embers that were once you know a fire are walking chess pieces which is fun. I mean, the chess pieces are alive. Yeah. But like, who threw them in the fire? Did they like get scared because they realized all the chess pieces were alive? So they took them and were like, you know what? I'll, I'll free them from their mortal bodies and, you know, fire. Well, maybe, maybe the chess pieces jumped off of the chess set and got down there themselves. I don't know. Maybe they didn't know what the fire is and they were curious. My thing is then also who owns the house because the chess pieces are three inches tall. So they're living in what this giant house that someone's taking care of, but we don't see anyone else so far except the queen when she grows, but she can only grow in the garden. That's very true. I guess I hadn't thought about that before with whose house it might be. I have a lot about that. I have weird specific questions I can never get answers to because, <laughs> you know, this book was written too long ago. That's true. Oh, well. So that's where we are. Um, so no one can see or hear Alice for some unknown reason. So when she lifts the queen, she literally like knocks the wind out of the queen because the queen moves so fast through the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the queen tells the king to... Uh, look out for the volcano because she just (laughs) you know exploded up onto the tabletop where her daughter is yes i i felt this 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 is the point where i feel bad for the the king and the queen because (laughs) alice is just like i'm just gonna pick them up you know not even thinking like how this is gonna affect these tiny little living chess pieces yeah. And for some reason, they can't see her. This is what baffles me, is that they can't see her. Why? Why can't they see her? You know, I was kind of thinking about this. And the only thought I possibly came up with was imagining that this entire chessboard is its own world. So when they're on the chessboard, they think that they're moving themselves, not realizing that they're guided by a you know larger purpose kind of thing so they don't even realize that people exist outside of their small world that was the only thing i can came up with but it also kind of caused an existential crisis in me so i didn't really really want to think about that further (laughs) yeah you don't want to think i find it's probably best not to think too much into not to read too much into lewis carroll's writing um, and just try and enjoy it for what it is yeah sometimes like i start really thinking about things that he mentions like offhandedly and i'm like this is gonna cause me to have some anxiety i'm just gonna put this on the back burner for now we'll come back to it you can definitely take some really deep dives into some of the stuff he gets into i know and i'm sure there's people that have and like i'm kind of curious but at the same time i'm not in the right headspace for that right now right Mm -hmm. agreed because like the whole door only appearing when someone else wanted it to and everything guiding Alice made me a little nervous. And I'm like, you know what? We're not going to go there. Yeah, We're not going to go there. So Alice lifts the king a little softer. 
but the king is oh my book this edition has pictures yay yes oh, good. So the picture of the king was the funniest thing i've ever seen did you get a picture in that one too i don't have a picture of the king i have a oh. picture of the queen sitting on the top of the table with a baby oh i didn't get that one so yeah she tries to lift the king a little slower but uh the king was horrified because he's moving through the air by a ghost hand and moving slower did not help him at all. It helped him not to puke, but, you know, it just elongated his fright. Um, right. As one is ought to do, I guess. <laughs> so then the queen, the king's like, I'm never going to forget how terrified I just was. And the queen's like, well, you better write it down then. And he goes, yeah, yeah, actually, I probably should do that. So he decides to write a note. And Alice is like, ah, the most opportune time. So she starts like, what is that called? <laughs> ghost writing yeah she starts yeah. doing ghost writing for him and he's like i didn't write this <laughs> but no one can read it because they can only read mirror text and she can't write a mirror text uh-huh i just think she's just like she is just like like playing with her toys you know yeah. Ooh, living little toys this is fun let me do this for him <laughs> i know the weird thing to me though is that um when i was a kid I wrote every single letter backwards for some reason, which is the first cue in that I was probably dyslexic. So I was like, oh yeah, like I could do this. No problem. <laughs> but like Alice is looking at these mirror texts and she's like, I don't know what this means. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I get she's that. Backwards. Mm -hmm. So she brings the book about the Jabberwocky up to the mirror so she can actually read it, which, yeah. you know, to me, I was just trying to imagine what's going through her head as she's mimicking all this fantasy play that she's doing yeah so did she originally hold it up to the mirror when she's on you know her normal irl life hold it up to the mirror and go oh that's how it would look huh and then she's like oh wait i'll just read it normally okay <laughs> i don't know it's got to be tricky holding a book up to a mirror and trying to read it in the mirror she manages it though apparently apparently yeah so we get another nonsensical poem about a jabberwocky yes. that's right it had a bunch of fake words in it so i don't know if this is one of those that she wrote herself or it was actually in a book um i no lewis carroll wrote this because wrote this and here's why so at the beginning i don't know if you notice this does yours have a preface before chapter one because here's what's funny about this. Because so mine has the preface right before after the chess page, but right before chapter one. Um, and he talks about the chess problem that's on the first page, but then he also talks about the the poem. And it says the new words in the poem Jabberwocky. So mm -hmm. he um he wrote it and then he puts in there how how they're supposed to, some of the words are supposed to be pronounced uh, oh oh yeah i see that now i yeah. always skip the preface because um i've had some issues where in some books when they're like a classic edition they assume you've already read the book oh yeah you don't want spoilers yeah so i i had mm -hmm. one where i was like i read a couple of sentences and then i realized it was spoilers and i was like whoa 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 because I go into every book I read blind just because I'm chaotic like that, I guess. Um, and that makes sense. Yeah, so I always skip them. And then usually I remember to come back to them after. And I didn't remember this time. So, Well, this one, this one does not have any spoilers. It just explains the chess game. And then the, how to pronounce some of these words in the Jabberwocky poem that's kind of cool that they included that i always feel like if you make up words you need to include like a pronunciation guide agreed agreed or you know if you include words in other languages that people just don't know then you know sometimes you know it would be great if a lot of these books that have like all these brand new, like random character names that you're like, I have no idea how to pronounce this. Like at the back of the book, I mean, it could be the beginning or the back, either spot I would be happy with just like a pronunciation key. 
Mm-hmm. This is how you pronounce these and like phonetically written out the pronunciations of the names and the different words that I just have no clue what they are. That yeah. would be so helpful. It would be so helpful because then I don't go around saying Cornelius for like 20 years and then you are like oh yeah we're talking about Coriolanus snow and I'm like we're talking about who now who now okay uh sounds good to me yep that's how I was pronouncing it yep yeah it's fabulous or like I listened to the audiobook of all of A Court of Thorns and Roses and I was enjoying them and I'm like yeah yeah okay favorite Sam. okay I got this um and then I spelled Feyre the the way I thought it was going to be spelled and I'm looking at all the other like because I was trying to search something up for like a cosplay or something and I'm looking at it and it like do you mean Feyre and Resand and I'm like um (laughs) excuse me what like who are these people like because I was spelling Resand like Reese's Pieces because Right. You know, when you only hear it, you guess what um, the closest thing that you know how to spell. <laughs> so that's, you know, my misfortune. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's all right. It happens. Yeah. So then, okay, back to Through the Looking Glass. Um, Alice does not understand the poem at all, and she makes it very obvious that this doesn't make any sense. So she's like, all right, I'm going to put this down and I'm going to go explore because I no longer care. <laughs> and i guess so, she has to get back home so yes yeah so she's like i'm gonna go now so i can hurry up before i have to go home otherwise i'm gonna run out of time yeah but she wants to look at the rest of the house like she doesn't want to go back home through the looking glass she wants to see what the rest of the looking glass house is like and the garden oh this confirms that the house the bedrooms of the room that they're in is upstairs because she floats down the stairs so they are for sure upstairs in real life. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Also, what was the deal with the floating thing? I don't know. Yeah, she just keeps kept the tips of her fingers on the handrail and floated gently down without even touching the stairs with her feet. Then she floated through the hall and would have gone straight out the door in the same way if she hadn't caught hold of the doorpost. I don't know. I don't know. There's no gravity in the house? <laughs> but she wasn't floating in the looking glass in the living room in the first room she went in she wasn't floating in there but she leaves that room and she starts to float the only thing i could think is that she uh you know casually decided to slide down the handrail instead of actually walk down the steps and then she was comparing it to floating that would make sense you ever tried to do that as a kid um, I didn't really have handrails in my house that to slide down or anybody's yeah. house that I knew. I always wanted to because I always, you know, would see it like in movies and stuff and be like, oh, I wish I had a banister I could slide down, but I never had one. So I was very disappointed. I did it once, almost died, immediately got caught. <laughs> of course. Because <laughs> uh, just how it works. Yeah, it was ever so slightly too tall. So I couldn't like set my butt on it. I had a like tummy, you know, slide. And um, I slid a little fast and then I (laughs) came forward. It's fine. (laughs) We did not live in that house very long, but you know. Hey, you had to try it once, right? I mean, what would it be if you didn't try it? Literally. Um so then chapter two the garden of the live flowers so alice is in the garden and she's trying to find the best way to view the garden but she keeps getting lost and ends up back at the house Mm -hmm. so this garden is literally continuously turning everything around which makes sense yeah because it's it's a mirror world a mirror world yeah, it took me a second to get that, I'll be honest. I was like, this is a children's <laughs> book. And I'm just like, huh, weird. That's so strange. <laughs> and then I like figured it out when Alice did and I felt like kind of a moron for it. It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. It takes, it. I mean, it's only chapter two. So it takes a minute to realize and get into that frame of mind. But then once you do, then the rest of the book is super easy. 
Yeah. Like, I'm glad we're reading these books back to back so I can just stay in this, like, presence of mind. Like, I'm literally not yeah. even reading my other book yet just because because I'm also reading The Torn by um, Jennifer L. Armentrout and the Wicked Trilogy because that okay. movie comes out soon. Um, so I'm reading that at the same time. But I can't go back to it because I have to wait until I finish this book because, you know, I had to switch my mindset to come back to this book. Yeah. No, it's it's good to wait and do both of these together. I think it just, I think it makes a lot better. Yeah. So then Alice looks at the flowers and says she wishes the tire Lily could talk to which the tire Lily is like, we can talk if there's anyone worth talking to. <laughs> the shade in these books are so funny to me. These flowers are, um, I don't want to say nasty. Like they're not neat. They're, but they're, they're like a little petty. Opinionated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're petty and they're opinionated very much so. And they just say whatever pops into their head. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So then Alice is like, oh, weird. You can talk. And Tiger Lily is like, yeah, all flowers can talk. What? Hello. Obviously. <laughs> And then the rose says that she was wondering when Alice would speak because her face has some sense, even though it's not a very clever face. <laughs> I am telling you, I feel, I feel like if I, you know, if this were a real place, I, this is where I would go to learn how to insult people because these flowers really just know how to insult people and try and almost do it like in a almost fly way like in the south if somebody says to you well bless your heart it sounds yes. sweet and nice right but it's really they're really calling you an idiot like they're really insulting you so <laughs> this is kind of what the flowers are doing right or now. have you ever gotten that one where they're like you know what god bless little Susie. you know she's she could be a bright girl but you know <laughs> unfortunately little Susie just spends too much time on her phone and now i don't even know what that southern accent started to turn into it just got older and older <laughs> like i felt like i was aging as i was speaking when i was <laughs> i i think the funniest thing to me are like southern insults because mm-hmm. or um i saw this one where it says the disney insults or have a magical day <laughs> nice like i love retail insults I love uh, anything like that. I like love Southern insults. I like insults that pack a punch, but only for well-educated. Those are my favorite things. Those are really fun. And these, yeah, these flowers know how to give insults. That's for sure. I know. They talk about how her petals are drab and I couldn't figure out if they were talking about her hair or they were talking about her clothes. I think it's supposed to be her clothes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because think about it. Oh, although I was just going to, yeah, never mind. Actually, I think it is now her I, hair. Now I see what you mean because the petals are up higher mm-hmm. on a flower. The petals are on the top and then the green is down below. So maybe it is her hair. Well, cause they were saying it was like dull. So I'm thinking it is her hair. Yeah. She, okay, she wears like a bright sense. blue dress. Yes. So. So that makes perfect sense. Alice asks how they can all talk so nicely and they tell her to put her hand on the ground and she'll know why. So she puts her hand on the ground and the ground is very, very hard. And then the tiger lily says, oh yeah, most gardens, the ground is too soft. So all the flowers are asleep. (laughs) Pretty logical, right? I mean, that makes sense to me. Have you ever seen like negative bed reviews where they're like, this bed is too soft. I was an hour late to work and stuff. No, but that sounds hilarious. I want to look them up now. I've seen like spoof reviews. I don't know if they're all real, but like I've seen a couple of those where they're like, <laughs> there's been, a, there was one review. I can't even remember what the product was for, but they're like, uh, it, they were like, oh, it was so soft. I was an hour and a half to, late for work. I slept through a fire, uh, all this stuff. It was like super extra. And then it was like 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> so then the flowers tell alice that there's another flower like alice that moves around the garden and i was like oh okay so there's another little girl in the garden i guess because to them everything's a flower right 
So this quote flower unquote has thorns all around her head. And I was like a crown. And then I'm like, these are children's book. Yes. Yes. That's what it's. <laughs> it's a crown. Yeah. And then they're like, she's coming now. And I was like, she's coming. And I'm just imagining the last queen that we ran into. And I'm like, you better get gone unless you want your head cut off. Like, right. <laughs> we got to make sure this one's a little bit different. Yeah. So is heartless about this queen or the previous queen the previous one okay heartless heartless is about the queen of hearts who is in the first book and then in this book is the white queen and the red queen okay because i opened it i that's what i thought you said and then i opened it and then it was like checkerboard and i was like hmm (laughs) no i'm not sure (laughs) Like I've been thrown for a loop. Yep. Um, so the Red Queen shows up. She's the previous chess piece that we spoke about. And for some reason, she grows when she goes outside. I guess it's, you know, that sweet, sweet, crisp air. Um, <laughs> maybe that's why they all fly. They're going through a growth phase. <laughs> going outside. <laughs> when they're going outside. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't seem like Alice. Gr- Apparently, everyone else is growing, just not Alice in this book. So, right. So, vice versa, reversal effect. Um, yeah. So, Alice says she's going to go meet her, and the roses are like, do not do that. Like, do not go meet her. What are you doing? Like, you're an insane person. <laughs> so, Alice tries to follow the queen, and the garden turns on her again. And she's like, oh, you know what I got to do? gotta walk in the opposite direction so she turns around walks in the opposite direction and runs straight into her there you go gotta go backwards in this book yeah i just walk backwards all the time like (laughs) the queen is very no nonsense and she tells exactly how uh, alice exactly how she wants her to behave and i think it's great because alice is a child and she needs to be told what to do yeah especially her yeah all children yeah literally Mm-hmm. and then the queen and alice walk to the top of the hill and alice realizes the garden is marked out like a chessboard which we kind of talked about before yes because of course it is um <laughs> i was trying to figure out if during this time chess was super super popular and that's why it was a chessboard or if you know lewis carroll just happened to like chess that's a good question it would be worth researching for sure um i don't know i could see it going either way i mean i i have no idea what was popular in the 1800s (laughs) um so then alice said she wouldn't mind being a pawn and i'm like of course you wouldn't um but one day she would like to be the queen and the red queen smiles at this Hmm. which i was like this was already off to a better start because the other queen was trash and this queen's like you know, she's like, come, sweet child, I will show you the chessboard of our lives. Yes, these these queens are, are nice. They're, yeah. You know, she doesn't want to chop anyone's head off. So that's an, appro- that's an uh, improvement. Mm-hmm. So the queen and Alice are sprinting through the gardens. And after all that running, they're in the same spot. And Alice is like, why? Why, why are we here? <laughs> and the queen's like, oh, you know, so you can stay in the same spot. You have to run. And if you want to get anywhere else, you have to run twice as fast. And Alice's like, weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then she says she's thirsty. So the queen gives her a biscuit, which makes it worse. And like, it didn't tell, it, take, it took me until right now to realize, oh, this is opposite world. Like, if she says she's thirsty, she has to say she's hungry. Right. It takes me a second to wrap my head around it, to be honest. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it does because. Yeah, everything is backwards. So you have to realize, <laughs> you have to take a second and think about what's going on. Why is she doing that? Yeah, and it's like, it's weird too, because only sometimes the rules apply. Yeah. So I guess that's why they have to run because it's backwards. And if you want to stay in the same spot, you normally wouldn't move. So right. in order to stay in the same spot there, since it's different, you have to move. Exactly. Okay. Confusing. I know. It just is. <laughs> so the queen decides to play, ch- uh, explain chess to Alice because now they're going to play chess. 
And like somehow Humpty and Dumpty are Humpty, Humpty and Dum- Humpty, Humpty Dumpty. Dumpty. Jeez, I'm giving him a middle name and he doesn't even have one. Um, <laughs> Humpty Dumpty's in here, which I did not think that Humpty Dumpty was a Lewis Carroll original. I just kind of thought it was like a kid's tale. And now I'm not sure. No, it's a kid's tale. Okay. He just added it in. Okay, cool. Which is, okay. So um, in this book, he adds Humpty Dumpty in, who is just, you know, a kid's story, a kid's nursery rhyme. And in Heartless, Marissa Meyer adds in Peter Piper and his Oh, wife. really? Not Peter Piper. Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater. Excuse me. Oh. Um, and he's just a, you know, a children's nursery rhyme. Mm-hmm. He's not part of this. So she did like the same thing that Lewis Carroll did. Hmm. I can't wait to read that. That's going to be so much fun. Oh my gosh. It's the best book ever. I can't wait. Join the Patreon, everyone, if you want to get our lovely little review of that whenever it comes out. Yes. Uh, the Red Queen, you know, tries to explain it. And she also includes Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Tweedledum and Tweedledee. I always put Tweedledee first. I don't know why, but that's how I just memorized it, phrasing-wise, in my head. I'm thinking, like, <laughs> which way do I usually say it? I think I say Tweedledee first. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm trying to figure out why it's so ingrained in me that D is before dumb. And maybe it's just alphabetical. And that's why. Maybe Disney did this to me. I'm going to blame Disney. I think that's a good good way to do it. Now, see, speaking of, see, Disney put Tweedledee and Tweedledum in Alice in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. But they're not in there. They're in Through the Looking Glass. See? I'm just saying, with how much Disney likes to make money, how why did they not put them in two separate movies? Who knows? Well, actually, I mean, so at the time that this was made, it was like earlier Disney, you know, they yeah. weren't really doing sequels like they do now for everything. So they probably wouldn't have even thought about it. That and probably guess. animation was so expensive that they were like this might be a flop let's just throw everything in it at once and call it good yeah Yeah. that'd be my guess yeah probably um so yeah they're all a part of the game i didn't understand the rules but they're there there's like nine steps alice has to i feel like she has like a little quest she has to go on and then she somehow wins the game like it's not real chess it's fake chess well, yeah, and in, in because if again, if you read the preface, mm-hmm. Lewis Carroll writes in there that like he's like I know that from looking at the moves, it doesn't look like it makes sense, but it does, and she wins at the end. <laughs> like he has to explain it because it doesn't look like it would make sense as a regular game of chess, but mm-hmm. you know, this is Wonderland, Looking Glass Land, I should say. Yeah. So it's not a regular game of chess. Yeah, different. I know it's just it was so weird I was like okay and then you know for the full mic drop effect as soon as the queen's done explaining the rules she just disappears she's like peace out bye yep <laughs> I'm gone and she just vanishes mm-hmm. like she doesn't even I don't know she just vanishes into thin air pretty much yep she's like hope you got the rules okay bye mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we're on to chapter three looking glass insects and I was like oh no Oh, thank you. <laughs> you don't know what that's going to mean. Yeah. So Alice is studying the world and she sees an elephant with its trunk and a giant flower. And apparently it's gathering honey for some reason because no one wanted, you know, big snakes uh, or big snakes, uh, big <laughs> bees. Yeah. You wouldn't want that. No. So. She's like, huh, okay, so now I got to go do chess and explore. Yay. So then we get our first instance of teleportation. Now she's on a train and a guard's like, hi, can I have your ticket? And she's like, I don't have a ticket. And then everyone's like freaking out about it. (laughs) And. No, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. No, it's fine because you're probably going to say what I was just going to say. So it's fine. Okay. Well, and then everyone's trying to give her advice 
about like what she should do in this scenario and the train's full of like this weird assortment of like creatures and animals and people and she's like where am i like she's in a train car with a man <laughs> a gnat and a goat and, she, and like the man's reading a newspaper the goat's dressed in tails and i don't even know and a gnat a giant gnat yeah <laughs> well right now it's minuscule all oh, right <laughs> that's right right sorry because he he like because it talks about how she he's like right next to her ear like and she can't see him but she can just hear him i'm mm-hmm. like how creepy would that be like you can't like you can't see it you just hear this voice and you're probably like what what is this where Did is this coming from book make the text like size five font every time the gnat talked too yes yes oh and the gosh. text is tiny <laughs> yeah i was like just i'm like, glad my tiny. vision's good but like wow okay <laughs> felt like I should pull out readers or something. I'm like looking at this and it's like, Hannah, can you uh, be in my presence or can you just, you know, walk away? And I was like, uh, what? Could you, you know, kind of scream into my ear, please? I would like yeah. to be having some normal font here. <laughs> just for extra effect, you know. Yeah. So now, you know, that kind of all happens. And then she like teleports out of the train car very quickly and but somehow the gnat came with her like no one else came with her they said they were gonna like jump over the water and then she teleports out of there so i hope everybody else on the train's okay i hope so seems like that's a natural thing but i I don't know maybe maybe that's a normal occurrence there yeah i guess so the gnat and alice are talking about creatures around them and they've all been like turned into objects somehow so, like, the butterfly is, like, two pieces of bread, a crust, and, like, it's butter. <laughs> I actually, um, so, I actually have, like, a, a really good vision of all of these in my head when I read this. Because because Disney put these insects into Alice in Wonderland. Because they also it. put the talking flowers in there too and so when she goes in the garden with the talking flowers you have these insects and so i mean just picture like two pieces of bread flying around looking like a butterfly <laughs> <Can't wait. laughs> so the gnat and alice are talking about the creatures um as they were discussing the names for things she can no longer remember her own name she somehow loses the gnat and then a fawn comes out of nowhere and they start walking together because the fawn also can't remember its own name the fawn's like hey i'll take you to where we can remember and alice is like okay cool 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 and they go over there and then the fawn's like oh i'm a fawn and you're a human child okay bye and runs away out of fear (laughs) like i'm afraid of you i don't want to be around you goodbye (laughs) yeah after they walked like alice had its her arms around this little fawn so walking I I gotta try that too I was like oh that's gotta be super cute yeah it was very cute so Alice continues to follow the path through the woods see where it will take her and then it it points and it's like to Tweedledee and Tweedledum's house and she's like I think they live together (laughs) I was like yeah yeah they do sweet child So chapter four, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Tweedle- Actually, it's Dumb and then D. Yes. So apparently everyone can read minds in this world. I don't know why. Yeah. That, that's kind of creepy in this spot. Is that another play on the fact that it's opposite and your mind should be your own mind palace, but here it wouldn't be because everything's different? Maybe. Maybe. But is it, I mean, are they really reading her mind or are they just kind of like assuming? Well, no, on the train, because she asked questions in her mind. People answered them. Yeah. You're right. You're right. On the train. I remember now. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's creepy. Yeah. Because it was getting to the point, like by chapter four, there was enough instances of this where I was like, okay, this is, this is weird, you know? Because it's, it's looking glass world. So it's the opposite. So instead of having to say for people talk, say something for people to hear you, you can just mm-hmm. think it and they hear you. Makes yeah. Sense, I guess. 
So no one's answering Alice as she tries to figure out how to leave the woods before it gets dark. Like she's posed this question like six times and they're like, would you like to hear a rhyme? And she's like, no, please, no. And they're like, ah, here's our rhyme about walruses. Oh, the walrus and the carpenter. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty messed up. Okay. And this was the part that when I, wait, do you watch this movie? I can't, this was the part that I would like the first, I remember the first time watching it being like, as just as a kid, like, what the heck was that? And then every time after that, I would fast forward it and would skip this part of the movie. Really? Yeah. Cause I was like, okay, that's really weird. Number one. And number two, it's actually not the most like interesting part of the movie either. Yeah. I was always like, I want to get onto other stuff. It's, it's kind of long. It's long. It's so long. I mean, look at this poem. It's on like three freaking pages. It's yeah. long. So that was the other thing. I was always like, okay, I'm just going to skip this part. Kind of like when you're growing up and you're watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder and you hit skip the song that Charlie's mom sings because, you know, even though it's pretty, it's ridiculously long and boring to a kid. So yeah, same thing. Yeah. But yeah, this whole walrus and the carpenter thing and then eating all of the poor oysters who they trick into following them yeah for what why like for what reason what morals yeah what morals is this teaching children it's not teaching them anything (laughs) when you're hungry i i don't know i don't know i was like uh okay thanks like we went from the entire last book anytime you mentioned a cat in anyone's presence like everyone left to now we're discussing the inhumane eating of oysters that you tricked to being there like that's how far we've gone yeah and like perfectly normal this is perfectly normal i don't know i don't know i don't get it now they started making Alice cry because they told her that she's a figment of the red king's imagination for some reason oh, yeah because he's because she goes by him and like because he oh she hears him mm-hmm. and and she hears a noise and they're like oh that's just the red king snoring or sleeping and they tell her she's part of his dream which how weird would that be yeah it's just weird to me that no one like it's a hive mind situation in this world where everyone's thoughts are shared yeah it's really weird all I can think of is Patrick going, at least I'm safe inside my mind. <laughs> or is it SpongeBob? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know which one said it. I don't know. But that's what's going through my head right now. Okay. So apparently, I've just at this point shortened it to dumb because, Great. you know, it, it's too long. Yeah, so agreed. We got the Tweedledee perfect so dumb saw a rattle and it was his new rattle but it looks all beaten up and at this point i'm like how old are you dude like right are you an infant are these two man babies like why do they have i always thought that too like why does he have a rattle (laughs) i don't understand so now the only answer for this beat up rattle is that they now have to fight to the death but they've also decided that they're only fighting for an hour and a half because they want to stop for dinner right hey but and apparently this is something they do all the time like Mm -hmm. they battle and fight each other all the time yeah although which okay at first seems really awkward or seems really weird right Mm -hmm. But speaking as a mother of two boys, I can tell you this is perfectly normal and happens all the time. (laughs) Pretty much an everyday occurrence in our house. So, you know, there you go. Yeah. See, I have no experience with children. So I'm like reading stuff from a kid's point of view. And I'm like, sure, that's how kids act. I don't know. Like, yeah, no, it's normal. I can tell you. (laughs) Boys, brothers beating each other up on a daily basis, completely normal. Oh, yeah yep yeah the only (laughs) kids i know the oldest is a girl and the youngest is a boy so they don't like really beat each other up at all gotcha one of them always like says they always like lie about each other though and try and get the other one in trouble yeah that's normal too (laughs) Mm -hmm. i didn't do it he did it it's his fault not mine no yeah (laughs) 
on and on. Makes me understand Alice a little bit better. So, you know, they're they're deciding to fight to the death um, or six until 6 p.m., whichever comes first, I guess. Right. Um, Alice has to help them get ready. And you can definitely tell they're like kids with trying to like pull stuff together because they like pull like a pot for a helmet and like <laughs> weird extra layers of clothes like i'm imagining these kids get like snow suits put them on as their like battle armor uh-huh <laughs> and they have like a helmet on top oh man yeah it's like one of those um yeah cartoons where you see and they just come out wearing anything that they can baseball gear you know catcher's gear yeah <laughs> whatever yeah. And then a crow comes and for some reason when the crow shows up that breaks up the fight and they can no longer fight anymore. Right. Well, and okay, so the funny thing is though, Alice says I wish the monstrous the monstrous crow would come. <laughs> <laughs> and then there it is. <laughs> yeah. She apparently knew the rhyme about Humpty and Dumpty before. Tweedledee. Tweedledee. Yeah. Yeah, which is, which is weird. That's yeah. what I thought. Like, I was like, why? So there's a rhyme about them? I don't yeah. know. I guess because there's going to be a rhyme about Humpty Dumpty that we know, that we're just, he's going to assume, you know, Alice would know a rhyme about Tweedledee and Tweedledum and she didn't make them up in her head. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. We're just like rounding out all these characters, whatever. <laughs> So then chapter five, wool and water. So someone's shawl goes flying as the crow lands and turns out it was the white queen's shawl. And then the white queen is like super concerned about like food for some reason because she keeps talking about like dressing and instead of clothes, she means like the sauce. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think dressing is really a sauce, but I couldn't think of any way to describe it. Yeah, I don't know. So the queen's like super untidy for some reason. Like she's trying to pin things straight, but she only pins on one side. And I don't know why. <laughs> it's it's funny. I, I'm i so excited for you to watch the movie because when you see the white queen, like it's just a perfect depiction of her from this story and she is she it's not like she's she's not like super crazy messy but she just can't keep track of things she can't keep track of things and then again because this is looking glass world you have to like you have she has to put the pin on backwards so like or no 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 she knows what's going to happen in the future that's her yeah. weird thing like she says ouch <laughs> before she gets pinched by the in pricked by the pen yeah and she talks about how their laws are all backwards like you Mm -hmm. go and serve your prison time before your court date before you've even committed the crime yeah and she calls alice a moron basically because her brain only works in one way instead of both (laughs) ways like she's like oh you don't see the feature weird right poor alice She's like, you people live backwards here. This is weird. (laughs) Alice is just like trying to take things in and the queen's like, okay, moron. Um, Poor Alice. So this is the point where we finally get Alice's age and she says that she is seven and a half exactly. And the queen's like, I would have believed you if you didn't say exactly. Like, you don't have (laughs) to add that. And Alice is like, oh. And then the queen's like, oh, just so you know, I'm 101, five months and a day <laughs> yes yeah Alice is like that's not true like there's no way and the queen's like oh I happen to believe six impossible things before breakfast which is perfect I love that line now okay this line is okay so the white queen is the one who says it mm-hmm. however if you watch the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland Alice he has Alice say it and I've seen it other places like that too, where she they have her as the one who says it instead of the white queen. You know, that that makes sense because I was like, I was trying to remember this line because I've heard this a lot. Like same thing as the Mad Hatter saying, or not Mad Hatter, the Cheshire Cat saying we're all mad here. Like I know that right. belongs to the Cheshire Cat, but I was like, I don't remember this belonging to the white queen. 
So that makes sense mm-hmm. because I was like, hmm, weird. Yeah, because Tim Burton pegs it as Alice. I don't think he's the only one. I just, that's the most recent one that yeah. I, you know, that I know of. But um, yeah, so that's, yeah, I came across it. Cause even I was reading this and I came across it. I was like, oh, oh, she was the one who said that, not Alice. That's right. I know. I'm kind of into that quote. Like, me too. I love it. I, I like that one. I like, I really like the we're all mad here. Like, I know these are kind of the everybody likes these quotes, but like, I'm really into them. Yeah, me too. So, Alice is teleported once again after she's talking to the White Queen. And now she's in a shop with a sheep on the other side of the counter for some reason. <laughs> and yeah. the sheep's like hey can i help you with anything and alice is like uh can you give me a minute like i just got here <laughs> um, she's like let me look around so every time she tries to look directly at a shelf there's nothing on it but if she looks out of it looks at it out of her peripheral vision then that's when she can see the items on the shelf which is weird which is weird but you know whatever yeah so it's a store you can't shop at for some reason so the sheep is like knitting this entire time. She's like knitting like 17 <laughs> things. Yeah. And Alice is like, wow, you're doing a lot over there. And the sheep's like, yeah, sure. You want to take these? Can you row an oar? And she's like, yeah, why? And then she, she gives her the knitting needles and then it turns into an oar. And now they're on the water rowing. And I was like, okay. And while they're rowing, she sees all these cool flowers and she goes, oh, what if I just pluck them? Did we not just establish that these flowers are alive? What are you doing? Right? Why is she? But I, maybe they look different and she doesn't think that these ones are alive. But even still, even if these ones aren't talking to her, it would be like in my subconscious for sure. Like I just came through a bed of flowers that were alive and talking. Why am I going to pick these? I'm not going to pick these. Yeah, well, she very, Flowers very specifically told her, if you don't talk to us first, we don't talk to you. And she didn't say anything to these flowers. She didn't try and talk to them. So she doesn't know if they talk or not. Yeah. And she also says, like, immediately she notices that they are, like, sad and die very quickly. And she goes, they used to hold their perfume a lot. This is kind of weird. And I'm like, (laughs) you're (sighs) killing these live flowers babies i'm just imagining that like the soul is what keeps the smell and then like these flowers or souls are just immediately leaving their bodies and i'm like ouch okay mm. immediate decomposition i guess poor babies poor flowers yeah so she's rowan and the sheep keeps chanting feather at her and she's like why are you doing that and she goes because you're a little goose and alice is like what <laughs> And after this, they end up back at the shop again. And the shopkeeper's like, so do you know what you want to buy? And she's like, can I have an egg? And then <laughs> she, the shopkeeper's like, okay, but two is cheaper than one. And she was like, why is two cheaper than one? She's like, well, because you have to eat both of them. And she's like, can I just have one then? And they're like, yeah, but you got to go get it. So now she's running towards an egg and teleporting again. So weird. I have to say this, this chapter with being in the, the sheep's shop is like the weirdest part. Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going along with the rest of it. The rest of it all makes sense, but I don't understand this chapter and its purpose at all. Yeah. This is very much one of those where it's like your dreams really are just like nonsense. Like it's one of those mm-hmm. nights where you just, you're only hitting like that light level sleep. So you just don't have like a continuous dream and it keeps like moving around. So it's like, yeah. I've definitely had nights like this, but it's weird seeing it put in a book. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so that's where we're standing. That's where we're hanging. And next week we will be finishing up the book. I'm excited. I am super excited. It's going to be so good. Yes. I can't wait to watch the movies. I'm so curious. Yes, they're very, very good. I think so, at least, but you know. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Well, thank you so much, Leah, for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having me. This is fun. I know. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait to record many more episodes with you. Yes, me too. 
All right. Well, we will catch you all on the next one. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. As I mentioned in the beginning, uh, next month's episode of uh, Patreon Exclusive will be the comparison of the movies in which we will talk about the Disney uh, original that most people have probably seen when they think about Alice in Wonderland, uh, and then the two Tim Burton movies. And honestly, those are an absolutely wild ride, so I cannot wait to discuss that and have you all join me for that. So that's over on patreon.com slash barelybookish. If you haven't subscribed yet, please consider subscribing. It helps support the podcast. And there's a bunch of months of Patreon exclusives on there already. So there's a bunch of great stuff to check out. And there's a bunch of awesome stuff coming. So you will not be running out of content and hearing my lovely voice and a bunch of really fun guests anytime soon. So I really hope you will consider checking that out. And if you uh, just want to help support the podcast, please consider leaving a review and sharing it with a friend. It really helps more than you know, and I would really, really appreciate it. But that's kind of all I've got this week. Um, I am excited for some of the episodes coming out, so you guys just get excited for that. There's going to be a lot of great books we're going to be talking about soon, and as we're getting close to fall. Well, I'm planning for fall. It's honestly, it's summer just started, so we're not really getting close to fall, but in my head, in my recording time span, I'm thinking about fall reads and I'm thinking about a lot of fun mood reads this year. So if you have any suggestions for fall reads and other podcasts you'd like to hear me talk about, please like tweet at me or uh, comment on my photos on Instagram. I love to talk to other podcasters. I love fun fall reads. So if you have any suggestions, please send them to me. I would love to try and make them work. So that's kind of all I've got for you guys this week. Our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song was by Raphael Crux on freep.com. And I'll catch you all in the next one. Bye!